is Restoration Bible Church and Ministries. We are a people of excellence living purposefully. And as you listen to God's servant, Reverend Tina Bolanta, we trust that God's word will work wonders in your life. Father, we worship you. We bless your name. We appreciate you. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies upon our lives. Father, we thank you for our day. We thank you for who you have been to us. Lord, we are gathered once more to look at your word. I ask, Lord, that you'll give us understanding ears, understanding hearts, to know what you're saying to us and about us. And I thank you, Lord, that at the end of the day, we will become stronger children of yours in the name of Jesus. We appreciate you, Father, for your mercies. In Jesus' name we've worshipped. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're welcome to church this evening in Jesus' name. Righteousness. We started a topic on righteousness at the last service. And I'm just going to continue from where we stopped. Still trying to lay a foundation of who we are, of what it means to be righteous, and of the benefits of being righteous in Christ Jesus. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We're just going to be looking at the benefits, what it means, and then the benefits of being righteous. The first thing I'm going to look at this evening is that Jesus came to restore man to the original status with God. Jesus came to restore man to his original standing with God. Jesus came to restore man to his original standing with God. When we look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 31, the Bible says that God looked at everything he had made and he saw that it was all good. So when God created man in the Garden of Eden, man was perfect in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Man was perfect, just like God himself was perfect. Adam was perfect in the Garden. And that was the beginning. God did not make anything bad. He did not make anything inferior when he made man. He made man, the Bible says in Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28, in his own image and after his own likeness. Because God was not looking for servants, he was not looking for slaves, but he was looking for sons and daughters that would be like him and that would fellowship with him. So that was why God made man. God created man to be like him. But you find that as time went on, things happened, and it changed the standing of man. Genesis 1.31, if you're there, the Bible says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God saw everything. That was after he made um, Adam. God saw everything that he had made. So that tells me that Adam had right standing with God right from the beginning. We're talking about righteousness. 
And from what we heard in the last class, in the last service, it, being righteous just means having right standing with God. The ability to go before God without any feeling of guilt or condemnation, no matter where we're coming from, no matter what our past has been like, no matter what life has been. So when you're a righteous child of God, it means you're a child of God that has the ability to go before your father in heaven without feeling guilty. So Adam had that right standing with God in the garden. He could, he could relate with God without fear, without condemnation. He could go to God. In fact, you'll find in Genesis 3 after they had sinned. That the Bible says God went to the garden in the cool of the evening as was his custom, as was his tradition, as he was used to. He went there in the garden and he was looking for Adam. Before that time, Adam had not been afraid to go before God. Adam had not been afraid to relate with God because their relationship was such that Adam was in God's image. Adam was like God. So there was a free relationship, just like a parent and a child. Just like a parent and a child that is not afraid of being beaten, afraid of being punished. The child confidently walks up to the parent and says, Daddy, I need this, or Daddy, I just want to spend time with you. So God and Adam had that kind of a relationship. So there was no fear, there was no condemnation, there was nothing like that in the garden. It wasn't until after he yielded to the temptation when the enemy came to meet him and you, we all know the whole story. That was when things changed and he lost that right standing with God. The standing that gave him free and direct access to God, that one disappeared at that point in time. But I'd like us to open our Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. After the fall, you find that man needed a sacrifice to free him from the bondage of sin, and that was where Jesus Christ came in. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to restore all, and he made you righteous. So Romans chapter 5, verses 17 to 21, I'm using the New Living Translation. Romans 5, 17 to 21, the New Living Translation. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Hallelujah. Let me stop before I go further. If you notice here, he's not specifying specific people. He's not picking specific people to say it is only the pastors that have that ability. It's only the holy people. It's not only the priests that have that ability. No. He's saying that what Christ did, just like Adam's one sin brought condemnation for everyone. That same way, Christ's one act of righteousness brings a new relationship with God and new life for everyone. Hallelujah. 
So what Jesus did was for each and every one of us, not for some specific people, but each and every one of us have right standing with God. We have a right relationship with God. We have the ability to go before God as our father, bring our needs before him if we have needs. If we have no needs, just go there and fellowship with him. Praise the Lord. Because that was what Jesus did. His one act of righteousness brought a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Verse 19. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. That's what happened in the garden. One person disobeyed God. One man disobeyed God. Because of that, many became sinners. But in the same vein, because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. How many of us are righteous this evening? Because one person obeyed God, we've all become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The price has been paid once and for all. Hallelujah. The price has been paid once and for all to give you free access to your Father, to give you direct access. The price was paid to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to cleanse you from everything that could actually have given you free and direct access to hell. The price was paid. And because of that price, you have free and direct access to your Father in heaven and to his throne room. And that access gives you the ability to ask for everything and know that you will receive them in Jesus' name. Man was born unrighteous, but Jesus made him righteous. When you look at, um, I think it's um, 55... Let me see, Psalm 55, sorry, Psalm 51, verse 5. Psalm 51, verse 5. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. That's a New Living Translation. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. We were all born in iniquity. We were all born in sin. Not because we did anything wrong at that time, but because of what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. And that means that outside of Christ Jesus, there is no one that can be righteous. Like we will always say, even if you were born in church, maybe your mother went into labor on a Sunday, during Sunday service, and before they got her to the gates, you decided to come out, and you became, what, a whichever whichever one of them (laughs) you were born in church and your mother decided to stay in church until the naming and you grew up in church the fact that you are a child of Adam you have Adam as your ancestor you are a sinner even if you don't know what sin tastes like what sin looks like the fact that you have that DNA of Adam right from the beginning, the moment you are born into this world, you are born a sinner. 
So it's only in Christ Jesus, it's only accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that makes the difference. That is what switches us. And the moment that difference is made, the moment that acceptance of Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior takes place, you become a new creation. The Bible says all things pass away and behold, everything about you becomes new. Hallelujah. In the sight of God, the whole book, even if you, your book was meant to be 500 pages and you had gone as far as 450 pages, everything from page 1 to 450 is wiped out in the sight of God. Hallelujah. And it means that the remaining 50 pages that you have left to fill and to write in, God causes it to be new. God gives you the ability to write what you want on, that, on those remaining 50 pages because you have right standing with him from the 450th page of your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. And the Bible also says in verse 21 of that same 2 Corinthians 5, For Christ made him, for God made Christ who knew no sin, to become sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't do anything to deserve being made righteous. It is not how good you are. It's not how intelligent you are. It's not how yellow you are or how dark you are. It's not how smart you are. It, at the same time, does not have anything to do with how much of your Bible you know. All it has to do with is accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. The moment that happens, you become a child of God. You can now stand boldly before your father and say, Father, I'm here once again. And his ears will always be open to your cry. And he'll hear you and he'll grant you your heart's desire even at that time in the name of Jesus. So you are made righteous the moment you step into God's family. The moment you become a child of God. Now what does your righteousness, consciousness do to you? We're going to be looking at that as time goes on. But I want to briefly look at the things that your being righteousness conscious helps to do you to achieve in your life. The understanding you have of your relationship with your father, of the right relationship you have with your father, number one, frees you from condemnation. Romans 8 verses, verse 1 and 2. Now you remember, if we remember in Romans 5, it says that one man's sin brings condemnation for everyone. That was in verse um, 18, Romans 5, 18. It said one man's sin brought condemnation for everyone. That same way one man's act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Now Romans 8.1 says there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who belong to Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. New Living Translation continues by saying, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of the life-giving spirit frees you from the power of sin. Hallelujah. 
The power of the Holy Spirit on your inside frees you from the power of sin. And that is why you are no more a slave to sin. We love singing this song, I'm no more a slave to fear. But the same way you are not a slave to fear, that same way you are no longer a slave to sin. Because the life-giving spirit of the Almighty God came on your inside the moment you gave your life to Christ. And that is why you are an overcomer. Hallelujah. You are an, an overcomer. You can overcome everything the enemy throws at you, no matter what it is, no matter when it is. Because the greater one is on your inside. He causes you to walk free from condemnation in the name of Jesus. So always remember, no matter what the enemy throws at you, there is none righteous, there is none of us that is perfect. There are things we might have done at one point or another. And the enemy will always bring back memories. Sometimes you are trusting God for something, you are believing God for something, and the memory comes back to you. You remember when you did this. You remember what you did the other day. And if I know the devil very well, he will make you feel as if you are not getting the answer you want because of what you did in the past. But I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, that once you are in Christ Jesus, your past has no bearing on your future. Because in the sight of God, that past does not exist. It's not there. The eraser that God used did not leave any mark. When we were coming in, just by the gate, you could see greater glory on the wall. If you didn't notice it when you were coming on Sunday, when you, if the rain doesn't uh, wash it away, check it. The banner, the flex has been removed, but you can still see the writing of greater glory. And you can see some of the pictures. It's not like that with you and the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The moment you stepped into Christ, the blood of Jesus wiped you, it wiped away every single thing. The Bible says every handwriting of ordinance that was against you was washed away. It was wiped away. So even if you use magnifying glass, God will not find it where you are concerned. No matter how much of a magnifying glass you want to use, it has disappeared and it will never resurrect again in the name of Jesus. So being righteousness conscious frees you from condemnation. Why is that important? It's important because you need to be able to access God's presence in order to have your prayers answered. You're praying for a job. You're praying for finances. You're praying for a life partner. You're just praying for even simple things as protection, preservation of life. If you feel guilty, if you feel God is looking at you because of something you did, you'll definitely not be able to step into great, greater heights. But the greater heights that God has prepared for you is waiting for you, and you will step into it in the name of Jesus. Righteousness, consciousness gives you the confidence to come before God. Gives you confidence to come before God and know that he will answer you. It gives you confidence to come before God and know that he will answer you. Roman, sorry, Hebrews 4.16. We know that very well. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. New Living Translation says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. There are times when you need God's help. There are times when you need God's grace. 
The confidence to go before his throne comes because you know you have right standing with your father. Your father is not a bully. Your father is not a wicked man. Your father is not looking out to punish you or make life difficult for you. But he's looking out to bless you. And the Bible says he has actually blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You will enjoy the blessings that your father has made available for you in the name of Jesus. Every single blessing, every single blessing you can imagine, they have been provided for you. Whether it is healing, whether it's finances, provision of whatever sort, they are there waiting for you. And as you walk boldly before his presence, you will enjoy what God has made available for you in the name of Jesus. Your righteousness consciousness gives you authority over the, the devil and his evil spirits. Because you have God on your side. It gives you, over, it gives you authority over the evil spirits. Your righteousness consciousness gives you authority over the devil and evil spirits. Why do you have that authority? Because you are one with Christ. You are one with Christ. Once you have right standing before your father, automatically you have right standing before any enemy of your father. It is when you and your father are fighting in the natural that your father's enemy will come. You will not be able to face that enemy. Because the moment you try to talk to the enemy, the enemy will call you and say, you, you that I know what happened between you and your father, how dare you talk to me? Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 6, Luke 10, Luke 10, 19. Ephesians 2, 6 says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ, God has raised us up together with Christ Jesus and we are seated with him in heavenly places. So when we are seated with him in heavenly places, it means that we are seated far above all principalities and powers and all mights and dominion and everything that could ever raise its ugly head against you. And that's why you will not fear any attack of the enemy against you in the name of Jesus. Always remember, the enemy will want to attack. But for him to attack, he will be hitting your leg because you are seated with Christ in the spiritual realm. You are not at his level or he's not at your level. Hallelujah. Once you are with Christ, the enemy cannot. Yes, he can try, but he cannot get to you. And Jesus in Luke 10, 19, even before his disciples became believers, before they became Christians, before they received him into their hearts, he was able to tell them, I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. If Jesus could tell that, to people who are not yet Christians as we'll call Christians today. What more of you who are his own child and who have right standing with him? You have authority over all the works of the enemy against you and against your loved ones in the name of Jesus. So you have right standing. You have right standing. Remember that. Stay free from condemnation. 
Refuse to allow the enemy make you feel guilty. Always remember, when he throws things at you, the blood of Jesus washes you white as snow. The Bible said, though your sins are like scarlet, no matter how red, no matter how bad, no matter how ugly you have been, the blood of Jesus has made you new. It has made you white as snow. And that cleanliness will separate you from every condemnation in the name of Jesus. You are free from condemnation. You have confidence to go before your father. And you have the authority you need over the works of the evil one. And that authority will cause you to reign even in heavenly places and in the natural realm here on earth in the name of Jesus. Now, whoever you choose to obey becomes your master. Talking about righteousness. As children of God, we have the rights. I mean, we have, the, we have access. We have a relationship with our father. And our relationship with him means that he expects us to obey him at every point in time. He expects us to obey his word. He expects us to obey the desires he has placed on our inside. But in the same way, whoever we choose to obey becomes our master. Romans chapter 6 verse 16. When Jesus went to the cross, it was so that God would be our Lord and Master, so that he would be the King of Kings in our lives. Don't you realize, New Living Translation, that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So whatever you obey, whoever you choose to obey, God wants us to obey him. When you obey God, your righteousness standing increases. Because the more you obey God, the more you obey his word, the more you obey what he asks of you on a daily basis, the bolder you get in the walk in the face of the enemy the bolder you get when you it has to do with your going before him and presenting your requests before him a lot of times you find that people feel uh, if i just do this if i just uh, do this just just once i'll just do this one time people who drink or people who take drugs for instance just, just one, you know, nobody starts out wanting to be an alcoholic. Nobody starts out wanting to be a drug addict. Nobody starts out wanting to be a slave to immorality. But it's a case of, let me just taste, just try it a little bit. And one little taste leads to another little taste. And another little taste. And after a while the little taste becomes so many that you cannot stop wanting the taste of it. That's what it means to be a slave to sin. That's why you find that some people, no matter how many times they do deliverance for them, they cannot stop that habit because they have become a slave to that thing. Drug addicts don't choose to become drug addicts. But they end up being slaves that same way, a child of God that does not 
um, monitor how he handles himself, how she handles herself, the words she speaks, how she gives in to her temper, how she gives in to, to every work that the enemy will throw against her. Before she knows it, she becomes a slave. Those things have mastery over you. It's not because you wanted to, but it's because you did not pay attention to what you were giving yourself over to. Let's learn to give ourselves over to the word of God and to his righteous way of living. And as we do that, our righteousness standing will increase before our Father and we will no longer be slaves of the works of hell in the name of Jesus. Let's back up to verse 6, Romans 6 verse 6. I'll read the whole of verse, up to verse 15 and then I'll stop there. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Using the New Living Translation, it says we are no longer slaves to sin. Which means that if you say you cannot stop what you are doing, you are lying. If you say you cannot stop chasing women, you cannot stop cheating in your office, you cannot stop stealing, you are lying because you are no more a slave to sin because that thing, that nature of sin that used to be on your inside has been taken and is the nature of God that is now on your inside. For you as a child of God to say you cannot stop sinning, all you are telling me is that God on your inside is not big enough to set you free. God is bigger than anything you are struggling with in this time and in this day in Jesus' name. And if we learn to yield to his voice on our inside, if we learn to listen to his spirit as he speaks to us, breaking the hold of the enemy over our lives becomes very easy to do. But it takes obedience, obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit on our inside. Hallelujah. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Can you see that? When we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he'll never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. The power of sin is broken over your life in the name of Jesus. No matter what desires the enemy throws at you, the power of sin is broken over your lives in the name of Jesus. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right to the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? The answer is there. It says, of course not. We, were one, we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. That's what King James says. You are dead to sin 
sin will not resurrect in your life in the name of Jesus. Stay focused on the word of God. Spend time in the word of God. Spend time reading the word of God, yes, but spend time meditating on the word of God. If you have a habit in your life that you are dealing with and you are not able to get free from it, just read, just take these scriptures, these verses, Romans 6, 6 to 16. Meditate on it day and night. Think about it. Before you know it, you'll find that you are walking over. You are putting behind you everything that has held you bound. And the same you that people will look at you and say, oh, you call yourself a Christian. That same you, people will look at you and say, wow, something has happened. And the same people that were calling you whatever names they were calling you before, they'll come to you and say, my friend, please, can you tell me what happened? I think I want to follow you where you are going. God will bring freedom your way and he'll cause people who have known you before to come to the new you and get to know the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. The ability to live above sin is yours as a child of God. The ability to live above sin. It's not in rules and regulations. It's not in don't do this and do that. It's not in don't wear this and do that, wear that. But it is in realizing that you are no more a slave to sin. It's in realizing that you are now a child of God and the power of God on your inside frees you from every walk of hell. You will walk in the freedom that Christ has delivered and paid for for you to have in the name of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus sets you free from sin. Just like that blood of Jesus has made you righteous, that blood of Jesus sets you free from sin and gives you right standing with God on a daily basis. So always remember that while you're pleading the blood of Jesus, yes, it sets you free. I mean, it protects you from harassment. It protects you from attacks of the enemy. It protects you from every work of hell. But also remember that the blood of Jesus wipes away your memory from every past. It wipes away from your memory from everything you have done that is evil and keeps you righteous in the presence of God. Your Father will hear your prayers and will grant you answers in the name of Jesus. There is nothing you will want that your Father will not give you because you belong to him and you have a right relationship with him. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And that's why he has given us the message of reconciliation. There is a gift that God has given you, and that is the gift of righteousness. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. It was not by our good works, not because we, we were holy or were very good and very righteous, but it was because he wanted to give us that gift. He wanted to restore us back. I think it's First Timothy 2, 5, thereabouts. It says there is one mediator between God and man. Jesus came to bring us back to a relationship with God. And as we walk in the reality of that relationship we have in our, with our Father, our righteousness consciousness gets stronger and stronger on a daily basis. And we will have free access to go before our Father fellowship with him, spend time in his presence, make our needs known, 
and we will receive all that we desire from him and in his presence in Jesus' name. Let's rise to our feet this evening. Thank him for who he has made you. Thank him because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are not a slave to sin. You are a slave to righteousness. You are a child of God. You are not a slave to fear. You are not a slave to sin. You are not a slave to the works of hell. But the righteousness of God on your inside makes you master over the works of the enemy. So you'll walk above everything the enemy throws against you in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you for the gift of righteousness. We thank you for the right standing we have with you. We thank you, Lord, because we can come boldly to your presence on a daily basis. Father, as we walk with you as your children, we receive that gift to do all you have asked us to do, even here in this world, in the name of Jesus. We receive the ability to make a difference in our environment. And I thank you, Lord, for the ministry of reconciliation. We will go and talk to others and help them to become who you have called them to be in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. We know you have been blessed. You can reach us on the following platforms. On Facebook and Instagram as Restoration Ministries International. On Twitter, YouTube and Mixeller as RBCM Online. You can also visit our website on www.rbcmonline.org or you can visit us live as Restoration Clothes, Romy New Extension, Kaduna, Nigeria.